0: This is Security Now with Steve Gibson, episode 21 for January 5th, 2006, The WMF Vulnerability. Via Skype today, because we're going to do a little conference call, Steve Gibson joining us from Irvine, I'm in Northern California. And soon to join us, Ilfak Ilanov. We're talking about the Windows Metafile (WMF) vulnerability. Steve, why don't you recap the story so far?
1: And I have to tell you, Leo, that with this new microphone, <laughs> even Skype sounds pretty good. <laughs>
0: you sound really good. Hello,
1: <laughs> with your PR forty. Yeah. Yep. All right. Thanks. Okay. To Bob so Heil. the 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 Windows Metafile vulnerability is something which was came to light due to its exploitation the good news is that people didn't you know, the people who figured this out did not go stealth with it although on the other hand of course we don't know how long this might have been used secretly before it came to light of public attention well, that's but an important
0: came... point because this we called this a zero day vulnerability in other words the exploits emerged immediately but in fact it was the exploits that introduced us to the vulnerability it wasn't microsoft that announced it or or was it or was it as a security firm that announced it
1: who, who first um, discovered it was it was it sans institute or the timing was so close i don't know although certainly microsoft did have a notice up on i believe it was on the 27th on tuesday the 27th they put up a notice saying that they realized there was a problem it was in active exploitation and they then set about fixing it. So we really don't know how long the exploits have been going on, frankly. No, I mean, in fact, you know, there have been people, sort of the conspiracy theorist people, who who wonder, you know, that the NSA or CIA or, you know, shadowy, uh, shadowy government bodies might not have access to our machines with, you know, knowledge or not of unknown and still undisclosed vulnerabilities. So this is you know, like f- a backdoor, not an intentional backdoor, but it's very... It gives you that functionality. It's essentially a
0: backdoor into Windows that Microsoft didn't mean to put in there, but is, has been there as, far well, as, as
1: long as we can tell. Actually, as we know, it's a backdoor that they did mean to put in there. This thing was designed in. It's not a mistake. It's, uh, it's always been there, and someone realized, hey, we can use this to run whatever code we want on users' computers.
0: It was done in a day, I guess, and we've talked about this before, when programmers assumed the benevolence of their users and so gave them capabilities, uh, not assuming that their, their users would be malicious. But, of course, now we all, all programmers are, are trained to assume that users are malicious and to make sure they don't include this kind of code. It's a whole
1: different mindset today.
0: When the vulnerability was discovered on Tuesday... Microsoft offered a kind of a rude fix for it, which was essentially to unregister a DLL. Turns out that wasn't a very good fix. And very quickly, a fellow
1: named Ilfak Gilanov stepped forward. Who is Ilfak? Um, Ilfak has actually been known within the developer community for quite a while. He's, he's the lead developer for um, a company called Data Rescue. Um, he's largely responsible for an amazing disassembler called the IDA disassembler, which is really highly useful for anyone who's trying to take a blob of code to which they do not have the source and figure out how it works. And so, like, for people who are disassembling and reverse-engineering viruses and other kinds of malware, um, it's a very powerful tool for giving them a look into Um, unknown code I wonder if he used his disassembler to figure out what the WMF uh, interpreter was doing I have no doubt that he did. In <laughs> fact, I, I will be if I end up writing a patch for Windows Nine X. Interesting. Well, we're fortunate enough.
0: He uh, he lives in Liege, uh, Belgium, uh, and it is a ten, after ten o'clock at night there. But he, we're fortunate enough to uh, be able to talk to Ilfak right now. So let's uh, let's dial him in via Skype. Hello, Ilfak. Hi. Hi. This is Leo. Hi, and yeah, okay. Steve is with us. Hi, Ilfak. Hi, Steve. And we all are good.
1: I'm so glad that you could uh, join us for this. In fact, the one thing that I've seen mixed issues about is whether this is a, a whether this vulnerability is created by a buffer overrun bug in the Windows Meta file processing, or is it just taking advantage of a feature which is working correctly and has always been there?
2: It is the latter the second uh, It's not a buffer overflow. It is something that uh, is by design, so the design of this uh, WMF files allows to specify a code sequence to be executed and this code sequence is in the file itself so anything can be
0: can happen and windows makes no check on what that arbitrary code is it just allows you to execute any code at all does the code have the same privileges as the running user yes wow so if you're running as an administrator that's that's where the issue occurs if you were running as a limited user would you have a problem
2: well you will still have problems like for example this malicious code could destroy uh, could delete your files or uh, do something bad to your data
0: anything you could do yeah. But of course when you're running as administrator that includes installing a trojan horse or or other malware.
2: Yeah. Everything can be done to your computer.
1: Yeah. So so this means that this code or or this feature rather has always been there. And that, I mean, like for 15 years at least. And that so suddenly someone realized, had had basically had an inspiration that they could use this long standing feature working correctly in Windows in order to leverage attacks against users who opened images.
2: Yes, or they just found it by chance by just looking at the code, uh, at the specification of these WMF files, and they thought, okay, that's something we can do with, uh, we can do anything with the computer if you feed it a specially crafted
0: WMF file. It's really amazing that this hole has existed for so yeah. long. Do you think anybody knew about it before but was keeping a secret?
2: Well, I think that uh, the, since the feature existed uh, since long ago, there were people knowing about it, but they were not uh, looking at it as something to exploit. After all, this feature is there by design, so it, has, uh, it can be used for good, not only
1: for bad things. Right. Right. Um, what do you think Microsoft will do then with this patch in order to eliminate this without breaking any applications that may have actually been using this in the way it was intended?
2: Oh, it's a very, very tough question. I wonder what Microsoft will do with this.
0: Um, I don't know. Really, I don't know, because the feature itself is the vulnerability. So, in fact, what does your program do? Does it completely disable Windows metafiles?
2: Uh, No, it doesn't disable the files. It just disables one single function in these files. It's uh, the function
0: that executes this arbitrary code. So that's presumably something Microsoft could do. Uh, Yeah. I wonder if it would break a lot of software. Have you heard reports that your patch is causing problems for people?
2: Uh, yes, there were some reports like an old printer uh, does not print anymore, or something like that. I heard about problems with uh,
1: printing-related problems. So there might be some broken applications. Well, and in fact, that was something that you expected and talked about early on um, when this began to spread. That is, when your, when your patch began to be used last weekend, was that it was clear that this, was, this, this involved printer-related aspects of Windows Meta Files.
2: Uh, yes. I put a warning on my blog uh, uh, saying if you apply this patch, there might be some bad consequences like printing problems or something else. I I cannot tell. I cannot tell, but there might be bad problems.
0: In fact, you fixed the problem for Windows 2000 and Windows XP, but as I understand it, the problem also exists for Windows 95, 98, and ME. Is that true? Oh... there uh, there were different opinions about this and
2: I still don't know for sure if these systems are vulnerable or not. They use completely different code Uh, XP and 998 systems are different in this um, they use different uh, GDI DLL um, library so I just cannot
1: tell if they are vulnerable or not but most likely they are not. Now, your your vulnerability checker does say that the system, that, uh, w- when run on a 98 system, that it may be vulnerable. Then it may be. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I just, uh, I, you know, I don't have the computer with 98, and I don't oh, okay. check myself. That's, unfortunately, that's sick.
1: What's interesting is that Microsoft has just reissued their standard... Um, their standard policy page. They've moved the the nine X and ME systems off of that, which were previously listed. And in the FAQ section, they're saying now that they are they don't consider this to be a critical vulnerability <laughs> because they haven't found um, an explicit way that this vulnerability could be used. And presumably, it means they're not going to be patching the mm-hmm. 9, 9X and ME systems. And since no one knows if you're vulnerable, it's kind of a little bit scary. Well, what I've told people on my site is that if Microsoft doesn't fix this, I will. Ilfak, how did you come to know
0: about this vulnerability, and how did you write the fix so quickly?
2: Uh, I learned about it, uh, as everyone else, from the news, just on the Internet, um, and I thought that... It was a really dangerous vulnerability this time, because you just go somewhere and browse, and, and
0: that's all. Microsoft, uh, Microsoft did a kind of a very broad patch, a recommended very broad patch, which is just to unregister the DLL. Did you feel that that was un- inadequate and, and decide to do something better?
2: Well... Uh uh, since the problem uh, itself is not in the this uh, unregistered DLL, uh, I felt that it might not be enough in all cases. That's why I developed my patch.
1: Well, and you were, of course, completely correct. The the Shell Image Viewer DLL, which is the one that Microsoft was recommending be unregistered, it was a sort of a quick workaround that Microsoft felt comfortable recommending early on. But it was e- even then well known that there were other ways you could get Windows to parse a file that turned out to be a Windows metafile, even if it didn't have a WMF extension. You would because Microsoft's looking inside the header of the file and it was you know clearly not a good recommendation although it may have been all microsoft could do at the time right in fact how many people downloaded that file from your uh, site
0: before hexblog uh, was shut down
2: that's a, different, a difficult question because my site went down and i could not even check my logs
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my <laughs> so you don't know
2: no i don't know exactly
0: Steve, you've downloaded. You've 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 had at least two hundred thousand uh, visits to the page. Yes.
1: Yes, we have. Actually, not, now we've crossed a quarter million. Um, the oh. the <laughs> the, uh, sh- the our episode number twenty show notes um, crossed a quarter million viewings um, earlier today. It's at uh, two hundred fifty two thousand seven hundred eleven. So, I mean, this has clearly been. I mean, I've been seeing more site traffic myself at GRC than you know than that I've seen in a long time. Yeah. And. Interestingly, Tuesday was was even busier than Monday and Wednesday was busier than Tuesday. Today it's quieting down and slowing down a little bit, but it's really I mean as the word spread, the the the, the need for this has been, you know, really um, widespread. In fact, did you expect that what has happened was going to happen that there would just be this incredible demand for what you wrote just basically for yourself, right?
2: No, I didn't expect anything like that. Uh, I just um, looked at this uh, as a technical problem. I wanted to solve it, uh, like to protect my computer and uh, to present it to others. And it's up to them if they want to use it, they use it. If they don't want to use it, uh, again, it's their choice. I respect it. But it turned out to be much bigger than I thought.
0: Well, at this point, PC Magazine eWeek Uh, Steve Gibson and many others have recommended the Ilfac patch. As far as I know, it's the only effective patch out there. You you are updating it. It looks like you have updated it. You're now at version 1.4. Uh, Tell me about the updates. Do they change the functionality of the patch? Uh,
2: no, they don't change anything in the patch itself. Uh, so if the very first version of patch works for you, there is no need to install or reinstall anything. It works pretty well and is, uh the same protection as in the first version. The first version or the last version, they give you the same protection. The only difference is that the first versions were not compatible with all systems and uh, each new release but adding the support for a new uh, version of the operating system like uh, windows 2000 uh,
1: or uh, sp2 or something like that that's the only difference between the well, releases well in fact that, that was how you and i first communicated was you and i worked to add windows 2000 compatibility to your very first release
2: yeah 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 exactly
0: well we want to thank you on behalf of the entire internet community of in fact you obviously uh, what you've done is, is uh, you you jumped into the fray when Microsoft was unwilling to and, uh, and, 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 and frankly, risked liability doing so. And I think it's uh, very brave of you, and I think it's a, a really great contribution. So thank you very, very much. I've run it, and I know everybody else who's listening has.
1: Yes, thank you, uh, and, and I'm certain- happy to be of any help. <laughs> well, and, and, and certainly you know, we now know that there are literally – Hundreds of websites that are distributing images, trying to take advantage of this exploit, and um, you know who knows how many computers your patch has actively helped prevent uh, being taken over by by whatever malware was was being used to by by this exploit in order to move it into people's computers.
2: Oh, we don't know, but uh, let's uh, hope that we have protected as many computers as we, as we could.
0: Well, of course, uh, that raises the issue that if you were already infected, running Ilfex patch isn't going to in any way remove any malware on your system. It's just going to prevent further infections, but your infection is still there.
1: Well, yeah, that, yeah. Um, and of course, it, it raises an interesting point. People keep asking, how do I know if, by, if I've been infected by this and they misunderstand what, what, the, what the this is. The, the, the exploit is sort of like creates an, an open door that allows anything else to be carried into your computer. So it's not so much that you're being infected by this exploit as much as you know, it's being used to install Lord only knows what into your machine.
0: And even if you close the barn door, the (laughs) the horse may well be gone. Ilfak, I know it's late in Liège, so we thank you so much uh, for joining us. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Leo. And once again, thank you for uh, the great job you did. Thank you. Ilfak Guilanoff, take care. Good night. Bye. Great to talk to Ilfak. I didn't want to scare him, but I did raise (laughs) the issue. You know why Microsoft is slow to release these, of course, is the liability issues.
1: If the patch goes wrong or is perceived to go wrong by people, Well, and it has happened before that they've come out with a security patch, which has broken other things. They did one, in fact, that we've referred to in a prior podcast where they messed up some aspect of of segment size i can't remember exactly what it was now but for example it caused vpns that the corporations were using to suddenly break after the corporations deployed the patch so yeah i mean it's it's really understandable now we should mention that by the time anyone hears this microsoft's final real official patch for windows and for this whole windows metafile vulnerability will be publicly available let's talk about that because it leaked out earlier Right. It leaked out um, Tuesday night, actually. And
0: normally Microsoft waits till the second Tuesday of the month for their patch cycle. So you're saying on
1: Thursday the 5th, at what time they're going to release the official Uh, patch? It's at 2 p.m. on the West, which, of course, is 5 p.m. Eastern. Just about Um, as we record this, in fact. Right. A little bit after we're recording it, it'll be made available. And this will be the the official patch. Um, I was notified that it was available... Tuesday I quickly grabbed it I I took great pains of course to check the digital signature chain to make sure that this was I mean really truly from Microsoft and I verified that the root certificate that was anchoring the the the, the trust chain that of course we'll be talking about all of this stuff in in podcasts very quickly I mean very 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 soon here in 2006 I verified that it was the same root certificate that had signed other patches official patches from microsoft so the only way for that to be true is if this file that i had downloaded from some file archiving site um was truly signed by microsoft let me ask you uh did you run the patch i did and did it fix the vulnerability in other
0: words did the tester that ilfac has written uh come up uh, clean
1: yes um it fixed the vulnerability it and and what was interesting what i wanted to verify for everyone was that there wasn't any pr- problem um, interaction between what IlFAC had done and what Microsoft mm, has done. Right. Because and, and of course I did review the source code um, when I was working with IlFAC on this last weekend. So I knew that I mean I, I knew to expect no problem. And so my advice had been to go ahead and install Microsoft's patch when it's available and then remove IlFAC's. See what what his does is actually it it suppresses the vulnerability. It doesn't actually patch the files as you and I talked about in our in our special edition of episode 20 over the weekend is it it just prevents this from happening without actually modifying physically modifying the file it makes some in memory changes that just sort of kills that function that IlFAC was explaining is something deliberately that's always been part of Windows Metafile. So
0: his program loads on
1: boot and runs in memory, blocks it, but
0: Microsoft's will actually patch the un- presumably will patch the underlying file. Uh, at which point you would
1: want to uninstall IlFAC's patch. There's no reason to have that running in memory. Correct. And and the other thing that was really interesting is that Microsoft's file, the, the version of the new GDI32 DLL, which is the, file, the single file that's changed, it was dated Wednesday evening of last week. Mm. M- meaning they really did jump on this immediately. And were able as to far- fix it. Yes. It seems like far- it would be a simple thing to fix. You just, you know, you turn off that arbitrary code execution. Well, I mean and and that really is the issue. It's and I don't yet know and Ilfac doesn't know. I don't think anyone knows until we look at the code or until Microsoft formally states what it is they've done. I mean, they have actually had to turn off um, perhaps turn off a feature which Windows metafile processing has had from its inception and some GDI and- printers will expect well, Apparently. Uh, yes, which is certainly a feature that's going to have some interaction. Now, um, I, I received a blurb because um, I've been in the middle of all this here for the last week. Nothing else has been done over at GRC except you know <laughs> deal dealing with this. And I may in fact find myself writing a patch for Windows 9x and ME users if Microsoft doesn't address it, and it looks like they're they're not planning to, which is which is distressing a lot of people. Well, they've end of I think they're on of line on those products. They don't they don't. Well, promise support. Actually not. No? Um, I, check, I checked that out, and they are officially supporting uh, 98 and ME through June of 2006. Mm. They had They originally said they were going to end it, I think, sometime in 2004, right. and there was such a hue and cry from people saying, hey, wait a minute, we're still using these things, and the code's buggy. We need you to keep it current. So they said, oh, okay, fine. And But so, arguably, they really should patch windows 98 but apparently they have no plans to well we'll see i mean they may anyway do it today they um, may do it later i heard a quote from someone um uh, actually it was a it was a press person who forwarded to me something from microsoft's website it was a i think a pr person that he was speaking with saying that as a consequence of this they're going to be re-examining other things like this and he said you know what do you make of this steve and and so you know decoding it from you know pr speak it sounded like exactly what ilfac has said and and now this all sort of makes sense it's they may have looked in the past at at opportunities for buffer overruns but this was not a buffer overrun this was written in the days when nobody was thinking about security, it made no sense. Was, it made sense to write a feature that
0: if the file format is corrupted or fails, you have a, you're allowed a fallback um, uh, routine. And it well, sounds and, like and, and, if they did it in this, they may have done it in many many other situations.
1: Well, and and what's really interesting is that the image itself, or that is to say, the the Windows metafile itself contains the code. Which you can cause it to execute. So it was—I li- mean—it was literally like by design an image file would contain executable code. Well, i, I guess
0: I'm—I'm uh, I'm just guessing, reading tea leaves, that the idea was you'd have you would put some sort of fallback routine if the GDI calls weren't su- I would imagine it, an issue was if the GDI calls weren't supported. Maybe there were various versions of GDI. And if a printer didn't support the calls necessary to render the image, then you could have a fallback routine in the image, something like that. Yeah. And I bet you that uh, that's, a, that's a technique that Microsoft has used widely, which means hackers are going to be looking
1: for other areas to exploit. And there may be many. Well, certainly, with our current understanding of security, no one in their right mind would create a file format which <laughs> contain, you know, <laughs> with, <that> executable code. <laughs> literally, where you could put binary code in. Now, you know, there are, you know, people are having all kinds of problems with scripting, and I know that, you know, PD- we, we've seen PDF files have had problems, and and PDFs are, you know, executable postscript style code so you know these kinds of powerful technologies you know with the power comes security concerns one wonders if adobe uh, used a technique like that in the pdf uh, file format to uh for a failback uh, routine. Well, it it couldn't have been binary executable because of course PDFs have always been cross platform. They've yeah, been able texts, to run their interpreted text basically. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Whereas in, in the case of a Windows metafile, this was, you know, Intel binary code right. where something just said, "Oh, start running here." Right. And lord Whew. knows, wow. It's been an
0: amazing week. Well, Steve, I'm glad that we were able to cover this. Uh, I know it wasn't uh, on our
1: schedule. We were going to talk about other issues, but we'll come back next week. What will we talk about next week? Uh, Next week, we're going to talk about, we're going to lay some foundation for basic Internet technology um, you know, how, what are packets? What is routing? Um, what is the IP address space? Um, we'll, we'll talk about IPv6 and what it means. Sort of lay some foundations for a number of different things we want to be able to talk about in the future. Um, so sort of like, you know, nail down some terminology. Once again, barring any, any nasty
0: exploits of, of any kind, because, of course, we always cover those. Uh, first
1: that's what this show is all about and and for what it's worth for people who are listening to this that have windows 9x or me if it turns out that microsoft is not going to fix this and there is a problem and it seems to me that there is um i'll be coming up with some sort of a solution for stay it. stay tuned we'll put a link in the show notes to steve's uh uh,
0: uh site uh, talking about this vulnerability and uh, offering ilfax patch although again by now, you won't need it. You can run Windows Update, and Microsoft Windows will automatically be patched using an official Microsoft fix. They plan to ship it on January 5th at 5 o'clock Eastern, 5 p.m. Eastern. But again, you can go to grc.com slash sn slash notes dash 020.htm. I should say 020.htm if you want to know more. Or just go to the grc.com and go to the show notes page. You'll find a link there. Uh, Now Heil-powered for your enjoyment. (laughs) You
1: ran out and got a PR-40, huh, Steve? Yeah. Well, you sounded so good when you switched (laughs) to yours. I thought, okay, I've got to have one as big as Leo's. Steve,
0: you should have asked me. I'm sure Bob Heil would have sent you one. He's he's a fan. Uh, I don't mind. All right. Well, thanks to Bob Heil and Heil Sound for my PR-40 anyway. Uh, And, uh, of course, to uh, AOL. Radio and the AOL podcast channel where this show appears, and they provide us the bandwidth to make it possible to offer you security now absolutely free every single Thursday. Steve Gibson uh, will talk again next week, uh, if not sooner. Righto. Thanks for joining
1: us. Thanks, Leo.